Put your voice behind that if you would and begin to thank God. Are you glad you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you thankful for his presence, his spirit? Are you thankful for the truth this morning? I mean, the Bible said you should know the truth. The truth shall make you free. The truth shall set you free. I am so thankful to know the truth. We never take it for granted. May I give honor to our bishop and Sister Nichols and this great ministry team to my left. And, of course, all my brothers from Hope Ministry and LC, other ones who aren't here today. Are, are you just so thankful to be part of such a great body of Christ? sure who he's describing up here, but I hope I get to meet that guy one day. It sounds pretty cool. And um, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just a, what a blessing to be part of God's kingdom. And I'm always happy to, to help out where I can. And every one of you in this room have giftings. Every one of you have abilities. And, and um, I, I just want to see every one of you just be used of God because you're important to God's kingdom. Man, there's, I, I believe that every fiber of my being, that everyone in this room is important to God's kingdom. If you've been the only person who ever repented of your sin, God still would have gone to the cross for you. If you're the only person who, who allowed the Holy Ghost to fill you, God still would have gone to the cross for you. If you were the only one who went to heaven, God still would have gone to the cross just for you. That is how important you are to God's kingdom. And I'm just honored to be worshiping God with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, chapter number 7. I'm just reading a few short verses, familiar, familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, I'm going to dive into things today and see what the Lord would, would do. And I know he has a word that I've just felt in my spirit and, and is going to share with you. So the Bible says, and beginning in verse number 37, we're going to jump right to, really towards the back end of this chapter. We'll kind of jump around in a little bit, but... Verse 37 reads like this, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because of that Jesus was not yet glorified. And I want to teach and preach a little bit here this morning on this thought. There is a river. Are you thankful for the flow of the Holy Ghost today? One more time. Can you begin to pray and ask God bless him and clap your hands and worship him this morning? Thank you, Lord, for the river. Thank you for your spirit, Lord Jesus. God, we could not do this. Without the Holy Ghost this morning, thank you, Lord. Amen. Everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here in John chapter number 7, where we pick up, it is the, that great day of the feast, the last day. That great day of the feast is how John described it. Now, what John is talking about is the Feast of Tabernacles. We know this from verse number 2 of the same chapter. Because the Bible says now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. So this is where we're at, Feast of Tabernacles. Anybody can see it. This is exactly where we're going. 
this is where we're at in the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this was one of several feasts throughout the year that the Jews celebrated. And you can read more about it in the book of Leviticus 23 and Numbers 29. We won't go through all, all of that, uh, what all God required of that, of that day. But this was the only mention of the Feast of Tabernacles in the New Testament. It was a week-long harvest festival that marked the end of a busy harvest period and the end of the Jewish year. So the Feast of Tabernacle was that. It was a celebration. It was a end of the harvest season. They were celebrating for God about what God had done throughout the year in their harvest time and in their crops. And they were beginning already to think ahead about what God was about to do in the upcoming year. As well as being a harvest festival, it was a commemorative part of God's protection of the Israelites during their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They would build these uh, tents and they would use different material and I don't have time and it's also not super important in today's word today about what they would build those out of, but it was just a reminder about these booths that they would build and they would eat their meals in during that time and they would have different events inside these shelters in reminding of them that God had provided for them shelter in their days in the desert. Because that's what God always is about. He's about providing shelter for his people. Even in your wilderness, God will give you a shelter. He will give you a place of protection. He will give you a time of rest. And these booths that they would build, they would sit there and under them, under them and they would be reminded of God's protection in the wilderness. In those dark times, in those times of Wandering for 40 years, wondering if they're ever going to get to the promised land. God was always with them in those tabernacles, in those booths. I want to remind somebody today that I don't care what you're going through today. My God has not forsaken you. My God has not left you. You might not feel in the way that you want to feel, but trust me, God is there with you. The sun might be beating down on it, but that's okay. God's going to provide a shelter for you this morning. I don't care what kind of thing has happened in this week. I am so glad that my God is with me. The Bible says, even to the ends of the earth, God is with them. As well as being all this time that they had, they had by the time that Jesus' um, era, they had added some things to the ceremony. They celebrated many things during this Feast of Tabernacles. And by the time that Jesus was alive, they had started a water ceremony, had become part of the tradition of their festival. And in my study, they begin, I began to kind of read more about it. And I've heard other preachers talk about this. This is nothing new. If you've been around Pentecost, I'm sure you've ever heard other preachers mention it. But I began to kind of just dive into this a little bit throughout the day, yesterday and on Friday night. And it was called the Water Drawing Festival. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, tradition teaches that priests would go down to the Pool of Siloam in the city of David, just south of where the Western Wall is today. They would fill a vessel with water there. And it, once a day during this eight-day festival of the Feast of Tabernacles, they would go up to the temple through the water gate, accompanied by the sound of the shofar. They would pour water so that it flowed over the altar, along with wine from another bowl. And day after day during the Feast of Tabernacles, they had this as a reminder that when they were in the desert place and they didn't have any water, that God spoke to the man Moses and said, go and smite the rock, which we know was Christ Jesus. And then out of that rock flowed water to them. 
And every day during this Feast of Tabernacle, they would go and they would pour out this water on the altar. They would take a, a bowl of wine. They would pour it over the altar. They would mix the water and the wine and pour it across the altar as a reminder of God's provision to them in the wilderness. And so many scholars believe that when John says on that last day of this great feast, that this is the moment that John was writing about. Because on the eighth day of this feast, it wasn't just they poured more water and more wine out on that day than all the other days. The Bible said, so my study, as I said, they would take sometimes two or three times as much water on that last day. They would pour it out across the altar. And while they were doing this, one verse of scripture that they would always chime in, they would chant together and say out loud together from the book of Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. The Bible says, Isaiah says, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And so while they would be pouring out this water, they would begin to say this verse, that with joy shall, they, uh, uh, with, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Every day, pouring out water, drawing out water out of the wells of salvation. And then all of a sudden, on that last day, when they began to say this verse, according to tradition, there was a man who stood up and said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Yeah. Now, what you need to know about Hebrews are, and, and, and the book of Isaiah 12 and verse 3 is that that word salvation there is the word Yeshua. Where we say is the word, is the same word that we say is Jesus. Yeah. So when, the, the, when they were chanting, therefore with joy shall you draw waters out of the well of Yeshua. There was a Yeshua who stood up on this day was a Yeshua who stood up on the day of that feast and said, hey, I don't know how long you've been saying that verse. I don't know when you added this into your traditions, but I will tell you this, that if you're looking for water, if you're looking for the well of salvation, the Yeshua that you've been saying for these last eight days, that you've been pouring water out on the altar, let me tell you, if any man thirsts, if you're thirsty today, you don't have to look towards Moses in a rock because I am that rock. If you're looking for a water of salvation, a well of salvation, then Yeshua stood up on that day. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. This ceremony that you've been doing for the last 1,500 years during the times of the law of Moses all this ceremony, all this pomp and circumstance, all these things, all these types and shadows. Could you imagine to be there on that day when Jesus stood up and said, hey, by the way, I am the fulfillment uh, of that verse. They got, they got a little bit of relief in the desert. When Moses smote the rock, they got relief for a little bit of time. Where they got relief for just that moment, but Moses kept having to go back to the rock. Uh, they kept having to go back to a well a little bit later. It took them time and time again, uh, but what Jesus was providing for them wasn't just a temporary relief today. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
while you might have waited for Moses to go to a rock for you, uh, what I'm about to pour out on you is going to come out of yourself. Uh, no longer will you have to wait for a time and a season. Uh, we might be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, but what I'm going to give you is going to be a perpetual flow uh, of the river of the Holy Ghost. Uh, God isn't talking about doing something for a moment. But God was saying what they did for a moment in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to make a perpetual flow uh, in the New Testament. Uh, when God gave you a relief uh, in the moment of the sun uh, beating down on you, uh, I'm going to give you something perpetual that will flow out of you. I am glad today that God doesn't give me a moment of relief. He gives me a perpetual rest in my life. My God's not, he's not here to be a pressure valve for us. He's not here just to relieve it for a little bit. I mean, they, 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 they drink that wealth, that water from Moses' rock. A little bit later, they were thirsty again. They had to keep going back to that rock. They had to keep, keep waiting for another water source. They kept wondering, where is my perpetual water source? Where is my well? Where is this well of salvation? Uh, and I'm glad today that I don't have to wonder from where my help comes from. I don't have to wait uh, and wonder, is the man of God going to go and smite the rock again? Uh, because God has already smitten the rock, Christ Jesus. Uh, and that water that flowed out for a little bit uh, and fed them in the wilderness uh, is now a perpetual river that you and I can drink from from any day day or night, uh, any season that we're in, uh, we don't have to wait any longer. God has given us a perpetual river today. I mean, you don't have to suffer in this world. Yeah, you're going to face trials and tribulations, but God is with you. You don't have to wait for a tabernacle season. God has given us a tabernacle. God has given us, God has made us uh, the temples of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and God is pouring into us. I don't have to build a shelter any longer. God is put inside of me. I am the temple of God. Uh, and God is flowing through me here this morning. And God will flow you here today. I don't care what wilderness you're in. I don't care what you're suffering through. God is here to tell somebody today, if you are thirsty. You can come and drink from the well of salvation uh, here this morning. Jesus was echoing also what was said in Isaiah chapter 55, reading from the New Living Translation. He says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Listen, Christ already made the payment for you. I don't, care. You, I don't care what you think you're bringing to the table or not bringing to the table. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're broke. I don't care if you're healthy. I don't care if you're sick. It doesn't matter. God is not going to withhold himself from anybody who wants to be available to his spirit. He says, hey, just come. It's, it's all free. It's all paid for. He said, why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Why are you investing in this world? This world is just going to leave you looking for another meal. This world's just going to leave you looking for another drink. This world's going to leave you looking for another partner. It's going to leave you looking for more and more and more. When my God is here to satisfy you once and for all. My God is here to take care of you once and for all. 
Stop wasting your money on this world. Stop investing your time in this world. Uh, you're going to keep having to go back to another rock. You're going to keep having to go back uh, to another source. But God is here to be a perpetual blessing in your life. Uh, quit trying to go from one high to the next high. Quit trying to go from one job to the next job. Uh, just looking for a little bit of morsel to get me through the day. Stop investing in food that does you no good. Uh, stop investing in jobs that don't do you any good. Uh, when God is here to be a blessing uh, from now to eternity, this is the promise of God. God. You don't have to earn this. You can't buy this. You don't have to pay for this. God already paid the price on Calvary. He wants you to have it. It is yours today. All you have to do is do what verse 3 says in the same chapter. It says, come to me with your eyes wide open. Listen and you will find life. He who, he who believeth on me as the scripture has said. You gotta have your eyes open. You gotta have a relation. You gotta let the Spirit of God reveal something to you. I don't care how you were raised. Sometimes it takes you putting aside what grandma taught you. Sometimes it takes putting aside what your aunt told you, how, what the Bible says. And you better find this scripture for yourself. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm not coming to you as somebody who hasn't had to go through that. I wasn't raised in the truth. I didn't believe the Bible the way that I believe it today. I thought the Bible said a whole lot of different things what the Bible actually says. And at some point in time, I had to look at my own father and say, listen, I'm not gonna, I don't believe what you're teaching me about the Bible. You want to talk about something that's tough on a kid? Something that's hard. I don't know why I'm even saying here that this this morning. But I remember, I remember looking at my own dad, and don't worry, he ain't watching this anyway. I wish he would. He should hear this, but he isn't going to. I remember looking at my own dad and saying, Dad, I'm going to go be an apostolic, and I don't want you disappointing in me. He said, Brett, I am disappointing in you. That's what my own father said to me, and I love him dearly. My kids know that I love, love their grandpa, and he's a, he's a good person. But to have your dad look at you and say, hey, I'm disappointed in you for your choice, I couldn't let that discourage me, Pastor Jackson, because I, I can't let anything stop me from believing what the Bible says. Uh, you got to make sure your own mind up and realize uh, with your eyes wide open uh, and your ears open what the scripture said. Uh, I can't take a man's opinion. Uh, I can't take anybody else's word on this. Uh, my God will reveal himself to you. Uh, and he is not a God uh, who is afraid of false doctrine. Uh, he will come right at it and tell you the truth. But you got to believe it uh, with all this inside of you. When you believe his word, uh, then the blessings of God will flow down from heaven. Uh, and it will get inside of you. Uh, and it will flow through you. And you will have uh, your eyes wide open uh, and your ears wide open. And the blessings of God. And you will find life. How many want to find life this morning? you're tired of being dead and dry and weak and anemic and all those things. I want to be strong and mighty. And the only way that I get it is in the spirit of God. The only way I get it is letting God pour into me. There is a river here this morning and God is wanting to pour it out on his people. I wish I had time this morning. My God, I wish I had time this morning to read all of Isaiah 55. Pastor told us here, Bishop told us the other day to find verse like that and read a highlight. You, you, I highlighted that, that entire chapter. You ought to go back and read Isaiah 55. Every one of these things that God put into here is a promise of God. He says, seek the Lord while you can find him. 
calling him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that they may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. If you need forgiveness today, my God will forgive you generously. He will not withhold his mercy. He will not withhold his grace. He is here today to pour out his spirit on you today. There is a river here this morning. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, there have been rivers as long as there's been an earth. Way back in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible talks about the, the river that he put into the garden. And it split off into four heads. And I don't have time to get all of those. And again, it's not necessarily anything that's desperately important. But God's always given us rivers. Rivers throughout this earth, and there are different types of rivers, Amen. and they, they have different purposes in our ecosystem. Now, if I was to kind of narrow this down to a couple different types of rivers, there are what they call the episodic rivers, and there are perennial rivers. An episodic river is a Rarely occurring river formed from runoffs and channels in very dry areas. Every now and then out in the desert, Bishop, in certain places where there are grooves, if a rain would come or a runoff happens, there might be a river there for a little bit. But then also in that river, because of the area that it's in, because of the atmosphere that it's in, that river will dry up. And it's only there just for an episode. It's an episodic river. It comes and goes. But it's not like the other type of river, which is a perennial river. Some of us, we cannot be in, like an episodic river. We can't be like that river that's just a flash in the pan. That you're there for a little bit. That flow is there in your life for a little bit. But all of a sudden, it begins to dry up. I don't want to be an episodic river. I don't want to be somebody who's hot one day and cold the next. I don't want to be somebody who's in this for a little bit, only to let that river dry up in my life. God doesn't want to be just another episode in your life. He's not here just for a season. Uh, he's not here just for a little bit. Uh, he's not here just for a little bit of time. He is not an episode type of God, uh, but he is a perennial savior. A perennial river is a river that never dries out. It has a strong source of water. It's never going to dry up. Uh, it's going to keep on flowing. Uh, I don't care if it's summer. I don't care if it's winter. I don't care what the season is. I don't care what the terrain is like. Uh, I want to be like a perennial river. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care if my kids are being good or they're acting up. I don't care if my job is going well or my job is, job is going poorly. I don't care if I'm in good health or bad health. I'm not interested in being a, an episodic river kind of a Christian today. But I want to be a perennial. Somebody who's here, no matter the climate change, no matter what happens in my environment, I'm interested in God flowing in my life on a daily basis. You can also classify a river by three different things, by its age, a young river, a mature river, and an old river. Now, I'm not here to cast stones at anybody I which one of those three categories you may put yourself in, but young rivers 
are typically depicted by being very rapid. It's a very steep slope with a young river. The bed of that river is shaped more like a V, and it's just it's just flowing. And you know, a couple years ago, was Ruth about two or three years ago? We went whitewater rafting. So my wife did that. Her and her sisters took a trip to Colorado. They didn't do that on an older, mature river. <laughs> That's a young river you go whitewater rafting on. I know Mark's told me some stories about some of the, the men doing whitewater rafting. Years, years gone by. Cope, and I heard never again. <laughs> young rivers are exciting. They're kind of dangerous sometimes, though. You better get out of a young river's way. If you're going to get involved with a young river, you, you, better, you better know what you're about to get yourself involved in. But young rivers are movers. They take that, that sediment from, from, from the top of that mountain. Because that's where most rivers start, by the way, up in the mountaintop. So you think that, that when, you're, when you, you want to reach the mountaintop, when you get to the mountaintop, God says, hey, look, I'm just getting started. This is where my river begins, way up in the mountaintop. Man, you have, you have, you're not reaching God's peak. You're reaching God's beginning. Because God's spirit, it doesn't come down from the ground and work its way up. Uh, God starts at the top. It begins to flow his way down that riverside. And so you might think, man, I've reached my mountaintop. But God's saying, hey, baby, we're just getting started here. Man, we're, Bishop, we're not, just, we're not at the mountaintop here around greater faith, right? This is just the beginning. Uh, this is the beginning of a river that's beginning to flow through our community. But we're not just getting started at LC. We're not reaching no mountaintop at LC. This is just the beginning of what God's doing at LC. What God's doing at Hope. Uh, what God's doing in Jeff. Uh, and God starts at the mountaintop. Uh, and begins to flow down that mountainside. And that young river is steep and it's moving quickly and it's tearing up the ground and it's tearing up V-shaped down the side and it's moving the sediment way down the river. We need young rivers in this place to get some things moving. Young people, you're important uh, to the kingdom of God because you begin to get that flow moving down that river top. Uh, I need some young rivers uh, in this place today that begin to flow down the mountainside uh, and begin to shake up the rock, uh, begin to make those deep grooves uh, in the side of a mountain. I need a young river today to add that excitement to the church, to add those things, that rapidness to the church, to be there, to say, God, move quickly on our behalf. That's what a young river does. It gets things moving. Those little rocks at the bottom, they might be able to hang around with those old rivers. Don't float as fast. But those, those young rivers, they get, that, they get those rocks moving. They, they tear things up. Now, when, when God first move, moves in your life, you need that because there's deep things in your life. There's some deep-rooted things. That's why that young river is that, that V-shape. It goes way down in that riverbed because God is interested in going deep inside of each one of us and pulling those deep-rooted hurts, those deep-rooted pains. I'm preaching to somebody here today that you have some deep-rooted stuff. And God's just wanting to take a young river and reach down inside of you and pull those things out uh, and to move them downstream in your life. God is going to leave those things behind. A young river will tear that up and send it downstream. Now, a mature river begins to widen out a little bit. <laughs> mature river. <laughs> widen out too much. Sorry. Dumb joke. I told you guys last time I preached, sometimes it comes to my head and 
I have to say them or I'm going to laugh to myself up here. You guys wonder why I'm laughing about it. So mature rivers widen out, though. And they begin to, begin to flow, begin to kind of what they call meandering a little bit. The Ohio River is a, what they call a mature river. But mature rivers are powerful. Make no mistake about it. No, no, no. It, it might not flow as rapidly as a young river. But you don't see, you don't see them putting a barge on a young river. You put a barge on a mature river. Not just because of the speed, but because of the strength of a mature river. So the Ohio River is, is a mature river. And what, what helps make a, a river mature is that it's not just made that strong by itself. But all those young rivers that I was talking about, they all feed into that mature river. We get strength, young people, from you. You strengthen us, mature folks. You give us a little bit more juice to keep going the direction that we're going. You're called a tributary river. And the tributary rivers feed into the mature rivers. And that gives it strength. It begins to widen out. And that's where settlements begin to happen around mature rivers. And then you have those old rivers, those big, long bends. Again, that meandering. And we tend to think about people just kind of meandering along. We went a little bit slower nowadays. I'm just going to meander all my way. Made the mistake of trying to play basketball with Levi the other day. He said, Daddy, you want to play one-on-one? I said, we'll stick with Pig. <laughs> it's more my pace. It's only three letters. Perfect. Saying, just gonna meander on along down to the basketball court. We think of those winding rivers, it's not meandering, but we don't understand how important that is to our ecosystem to have that meandering of those rivers because that, that those bends are formed by the strength of that stream. That water comes around the curve and it literally beats against one side of of the riverbed wall, and it begins to push out into that territory, because that's the strength of an old church. An old church begins to get stronger. It might be, you might feel like, hey, where are we going? We're kind of just bending around a little bit. Hey, we're taking new territory. We're pushing the river out just a little bit longer, a little bit further, a little bit wider. We're going out a little bit deeper. That that strength of that flow, you can't, it doesn't look as strong as what you would think. You would think that a young river moving quickly, but the sheer size and the force of that old mature river can begin to take a shape on the, the land around it. And while it's pushing on one side of it, on the inside of those bends, it's depositing a settlement. It's taking the soot and the, and the sand and the dirt for the, that it took down from the mountaintop and it's fertilizing the ground around it. Because that's what a river will do. It'll tear those things up that we don't need in our lives. It'll take, it'll take that fertile ground from up in the mountaintop. It'll begin to flow down into those settlements of your life. And you might, not, you might not feel always that excitement that you once felt, but there is a strength in an old mature river. There is a strength inside you. And what God is depositing in you Sometimes you might fool yourself and think, man, I don't feel God like I used to. I don't feel that excitement. I don't have the energy to run around like I used to. But trust me, God is depositing in those low moments of a service, so to speak. In those times like we're in right now when God begins to just settle things down a little bit. 
You see, God begins to move in a quick way. He might stir some things up in your spirit. You begin to open your mind up. I'm teaching a little bit right here. In the flow of the spirit, God begins to open your mind up and what's possible. And when God just slows things down a little bit, he's now depositing things in your spirit that will feed and nurture the ground around you. That's the benefit of a old river. We need to have young rivers. We need to have mature rivers. We need to have that flow so that God can deposit things. Because God's not interested in just being around for a little while. But God is interested in being here for the long term. And I'm talking to somebody here today that I don't know what you've been going through this week. I'm not sure what, what all you've been struggling with. But God's wanting to put a river in your life today. God's wanting to give you a strength today. The, the psalmist wrote, we're going to go to Psalm 46. And I'm so glad today that God does not abandon me. That God's wanting to deposit. God's wanting to break something up in somebody's life today. God's wanting to pour his spirit out on somebody. The Bible says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we'll not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Look at the imagery of the psalmist today. Though the earth be moved, though the mountain be carried into the midst of the sea. It may feel like the earth has been moving under your feet a little bit here lately. You're feeling like, man, I just, what, what you thought you were on stable ground, but all of a sudden that, that ground just doesn't feel as stable as it used to. All of a sudden, that, that air is in your life. You're like, man, I just, I can't quite get my footing any longer. I can't quite to stand like, like I used to be able to stand. And look, look at the imagery. The, the mountain carried into the midst of the sea. You know, for those that don't know, my wife was born in, in Tacoma, Washington. We, I remember we went out there back in 1999. And I remember the first time going out there to Seattle and in that area. Everywhere you look, you turn around, there's Mount Rainier. Just massive. It's always there. Everywhere, you, you, you can be looking at the ocean one minute, you turn, and there's this giant snow-capped mountain. It, you can see it from anywhere. It is, I mean, we have hills around here, right? And if you haven't seen, like, a mountain with your own eyes, like, it is, nothing around here is even close to what Mount Rainier looks like when you see it, at least for me, for, for the very first time. Like, that thing is just everywhere. So imagine what the psalmist is talking about here, about a mountain, something that you always expected to be there. You always expected, you always thought it was always going to be this way. I, this was my sure foundation. This was my mountain. I always could see it. The psalmist say, I, listen, I don't care if it even feels like that thing that you always thought was going to be there in your life is no longer there. That, and it's just, something that has left a gaping hole in your life. This is what the psalmist is talking about. One of those types of moments, one of those types of things. He says, though the waters thereof roar be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. That ocean just roaring in your life today. That ocean just swelling up. You know, oceans swell because of storms. They swell because of the weather and the change. And I don't know what changes have been in your life lately. But I'm talking to somebody who's had an ocean that's just been being tore up lately. And the storms of life have come. And the storms of life are just tossing the waves to and fro. 
And that mountain that you looked at, that you thought was going to be there in your life, day in and day out, is no longer there. The psalmist has a word for you. In those types of moments, whoever you are in this room today, the psalmist has a word for you. The Bible says in verse 4, there is a river. The streams of shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. I don't care what's happening in the mountaintop. I don't care what's happening in the ocean of your life. I don't care what the earth is doing underneath the feet. I have a promise from God for you today. And that promise is that there is a river. A river will stretch down from the mountaintop and go all the way down to the ocean. I don't care how much, I don't care what kind of hurricane has happened in the Gulf of Mexico. You know what? The Mississippi River, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you name the storms. I don't care if it was Katrina, all the other storms. None of them stopped the flow of the Mississippi. That's a promise for you today. That I don't care how big that storm is, that river is going to keep on flowing. Uh, I don't care how bad the storm is, uh, that Ohio River is going to keep on flowing. Uh, I don't care how much the earth shakes, uh, that river is going to keep on flowing. Uh, I don't care what mountain uh, gets destroyed in your life. Uh, there is a river here today. There is a river that God is pouring out in your life. Uh, and I can take it to the bank uh, that no matter how bad my storm gets, uh, no matter how much my mountain gets tore up uh, that there is always uh, going to be a river that is going to pour out God's spirit uh, in my life. That is why God said, God, in the midst of her, shall, she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He, he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. You can stand with me. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he hath made in the earth. He made the wars to cease upon the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He birthed the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. You can be still because God's still moving. You can be still because that river's still flowing. You can be still because God's still pouring out his blessing. You can be still and know that he is God today. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. There is a river today. God has a spirit. He said it way back in the book of John. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes in me, and the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Paul would say, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. That river I'm preaching about here this morning, that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today is your day. You want to know how we can get through life? Listen, if you're here and you're a guest today or you're a returning guest, I, there's not a perfect person in this room. We have good days. We have bad days. We have ups and downs. But we can have a, a consistency in our life that people out in the world cannot have. And I, and I don't say that apologetically. That's just a fact of life. 
that there could be a consistency. If, if, you are, if you are here today and you're striving to have a consistent life, if you want to be able to be on this different level than where you're at today, then the Holy Ghost is for you. We're going to come down here to the front in just a moment. When we come, we're going to come down as a family. If you've never repented of your sins, that's that young movement of the river. That's the God wanting to dig deep here today. Every one of us have got to repent of our sins. Every one of us have made mistakes. We all falter. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we're going to come down here as a family. We're going to pray together. And the first thing we're going to do, we're, we're going to repent. Because God wants to forgive all of us. He wants to forgive us generously. I don't care how big your sin is. I don't care how long you've been sinning. I don't care what you've been doing. I don't care if you sin on the way to church this morning. God wants to forgive you here today. And after we repent, we're going to begin to pray. Don't worry, no one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to attack you. But you might have somebody come by and pray with you. And when we pray together, you're going to begin to feel a spirit of God come upon you. And God's going to begin to pour his spirit inside of you. When that happens, you're going to speak it with other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. That's simply just the spirit of God speaking through you. The Bible describes that the tongue is like the rudder of a ship in the book of James. And so when God speaks through you in other tongues, that is literally your body giving over to God's spirit. And that's God's spirit flowing out of you. That is that river that Jesus spoke about. And if you've never been baptized, there's another river that you need to get in. That's the water baptism. And that all of your sins can be washed away. We, and around here, we baptize the way that the Bible says. We baptize you in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. So as they begin to play, I want you to invite everybody to come down as a church. We're going to come down to the river this morning. God's spirit is here. God is here to be an encouragement today. I don't care what things you've been going through in your life. God is here. And as you come down, I want you to come down with a repentant heart. We ask God for forgiveness. Our ministry is to help us pray here this morning. And we're going to ask God to forgive us right now. God, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask, Lord God, Lord, that you would forgive me of all my sin. God, mistakes that I made, struggles that I made. God, I need you in my life. God, I'm here just to admit this morning that I cannot do this without you. I cannot do this, Lord God, without your spirit in my life. God, without you, Lord God, sin would take me into places I wouldn't want to go. God, without you, Lord God, sin, God, would leave me a dead, dying man. So, God, I ask, Lord God, that you would just forgive me my sins. That's all you got to ask. That's as easy as it is, church. All you got to do is ask God to forgive you. God, I need you, Lord Jesus, right now. Forgive me of my sins.